Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio so yeah we have a new rule logan doesn't talk to daddy until he's had his morning coffee Oh, so we've already gotten to that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like th- th- this morning she came out at like seven while I was trying to feed him and she's like, she jumps in his face and she's like, oh, Grayson. And like, and like he's, it has bottle in mouth and he immediately just like his face turns sour and he starts crying, spits the bottle out. And I was like, nice, real nice looking. <laughs> Here's your tablet. Go somewhere else. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> Uh, so that, that that became the rule already first first interaction in the morning with her was like don't bother daddy until you see him with a cup of coffee in his hand welcome to super movie brothers <laughs> let's start the show Welcome to Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Match my energy. Jesus Christ, oh. man. I'm coming in fucking hot. I just saw Fast 9, so like I fucking got like it's it's like coming out of Fast 9, you mm-hmm. feel like you have the meat sweats. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're just you're just fucking jazzed. <laughs> you know? You got a little bit of you're a little damp under the armpits. And then you like you get in your car, and even though my car is a fucking four cylinder Honda, when I get into it, I'm just like, let's ride. And like I'm like peeling out, out of the parking lot. And hey, everyone <laughs> It was all about the Honda Civics in the first movie. In the first one. You that's know? right. It was. They were Honda Civic SIs though. You yeah, know, they were like all souped up and stuff. Mine's not an SI. Mine's like a DX. That electric and blue like, Honda Civic SI was my dream car at 17 years old or oh 18 years God, old. Yeah. Whatever it was, because of that movie. A man your size would not be oh, able to I get could laid never, in I a Honda never. Civic no, SI. No, I had an El Camino. I that could, was a two door coupe too. So like, yeah. you wouldn't. Have, yeah, you were not getting laid in that. You would have been like the guy from The Simpsons. Do you find something comical about my appearance when I'm driving my automobile? Yeah. Everyone needs to drive a vehicle, even the very tall. This was the largest auto that I could afford. Should I, therefore, be made the subject of fun? I guess so. My El Camino? I, I did it a back bed. No, Actually, no, no, I'm not talking about the El Camino. Oh, I'm talking, okay. I'm talking okay. about well, the, Civic, the Civic. Yeah, I know. That, that was a, that's too tight. Look, I, c- it, I could barely if fit If you're in driving an El Camino, like, and you're not, like, uh, you know, That was I, a I proper assume, coupe. 
I assume that that you're either on like a sitcom about the South or you're from the local trailer park. Either way, like you driving uh, an El Camino and not impregnating a girl before <laughs> before like your your, your adulthood, um, you know, named Brandine. Look, <laughs> look <laughs> like, <laughs> there's I, Father's Day just passed. There could be little Jays out there in the world. You never know. You never know. Yeah, I, I I had Father's Day. It was nice. It was a good time. I got to watch. I got to watch Stand by Me. Got to have the TV for two whole hours. There I enjoyed you go. It. There I enjoyed you go. my I enjoyed my two hours. Uh, but man, we got an episode this week that is all reviews. So Jay is going to be bringing us an indie corner. We haven't had an indie corner in a little while, mm-hmm. so he's got he's going to be discussing the indie film Swallow, and I'm going to have a fake synopsis for it with a title like that. Jay, <laughs> I know, I knew you, I knew you were going to like this. Where one. am I going to go with that <laughs> fake synopsis? So I know nothing about this film other than the title alone from what Jay has told me. So I'll build my fake synopsis based on title alone, and then uh, I have reviews for. Luca, the Disney Pixar film, which just came to Disney Plus streaming. Jay and I are going to review Fatherhood, the new Kevin Hart film, which released on Netflix on Father's Day weekend. So we're going to review that one together. And then I'll wrap everything up with my review of Fast 9. But before we get into all of that, Jay, let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, he's watching. Before we do your indie corner, have you been watching anything? Any TV shows? Anything you want to? Any, anything you want to catch people up on? Um, other than Loki, because we did our first episode review. We'll when the series ends, we'll come back. And yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll give our final thoughts on it. We're not going to jump down uh, each each Easter egg rabbit hole for of every episode. And there's lots. There's so many. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't. I I really haven't. I I you know besides fatherhood and swallow, I haven't seen anything. I still haven't seen the latest episode of Loki. I gotta watch it. I don't know when. I'll probably watch it some Fair. point this weekend. You know, I just haven't had. There the is time a show to do that like and I just wrapped up season two on, and I want to encourage people to to check out. Um, it's on FX and on Hulu and stuff. It's Breeders, the Martin Freeman show. I know I talked about season one a while ago. Yeah, season two yeah. just wrapped up. Uh-huh. All a whole. Season one and season two, both available on Hulu. Highly recommend people check that out. Uh, each episode's a half hour long, very dark comedy, uh, but still very funny, but also very dark. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't want to get into like what it's about too much. Uh, I did it probably about a year ago. I discussed it, but I, I just wrapped up season two of that. So I encourage people to check out Breeders. But uh, I also just finished up something that Jay recommended that I go back and watch and, you know, take two podcasts. Tony over there recommended that I should I should give it a watch. And I finally finished Mayor of Easttown. So I went back, rewatched episode one, schlocked my way through that. And uh, even though, you know, you get the hook at the end of that episode, it's that hook's just not enough to draw you in. So, you know, I I get to episode two and they start dropping all these little all these little hints, all these little red herrings, all these little things like that are leading the trail of breadcrumbs. All right. Episode two ends. I'm I'm fine. By episode four, though, like that's when I was like, oh, baby, I'm in. All right. I'm in. It gets every episode gets better, I think, you know, for the most part. And and. You know, you're really going to get more dived into it. By the end, though, when it wound up being someone that I had already suspected prior Mm. to that, which is surprising to me, it's it's not the because 
Uh, well, it was, you're better with that shit than I am. Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was kind of all right there. There's a scene where the father and son in a bedroom, and that's that's the moment that I got it. Like that's the moment where I was like, okay, I think it's that. And then they didn't touch on that again, and they took you down a different path. And I was like, all right, I guess I was wrong. I was wrong. And then the ending comes, and I was like, son and then of another a bitch. path, and then another path. Yeah, and and then like the ending comes, endless like possibilities. Son of a bitch. I knew it. But then the way they explained it, I was like, I don't know. This is a little far fetched. Like. It's a little. It was a little far. A little. A little. A little. I, I mean, you, like again, seeds, you have to. You have to go with it. The seeds weren't sown well enough. If they had mentioned the missing firearm prior to that, like, you know, if, if that was something that was reported in episode one when she went there, right? Like to 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 do that investigation on that couple's house about the the prowler who was just the boy behind that lived behind them. If they mentioned the stolen gun at that time. I then would have gone with that ending a little bit more, hmm. but ultimately, I, me and Lauren watched the whole series in one day. Um, I had a day off from work, and we had nothing else to do. We didn't have Logan at the time, so we were just taking care of the baby, pausing pausing it when he needed feeding or needed something, and jumping right back into it. Eight episodes, and I was home <laughs> all day, so it took us like twelve hours. We just watched the whole thing. We had nothing else to do, nothing else planned. I, I think even by the time we like we were still like wrapping it up, we were on episode seven. It was time to cook dinner, and it's like, so we're we gonna stop watching or are we just going to order dinner she's like now we're ordering dinner and i was like yes <laughs> not even cooking so it's fair to say that i at least enjoyed my time with it enough and i would encourage others to watch it just in case anybody heard like jay's review and they're like yeah well jay liked it and i don't always like all the shit jay likes i still enjoyed it however i i, I still stand by like what i said my first initial gut reaction about it when i watched episode one it does feel like a lot of other of these these hour long crime dramas that are you know eight to ten episodes that that come out these mini series, and it, it, it's kind of hard to watch it, especially on HBO when it's like HBO already perfected that formula and already did it so well with True Detective season one. I don't think anyone else ever really needs to do it. I just rewatched True Detective season one after watching Mayor of Easttown. I did too. Just just to confirm that's that, right. Like, I knew I watched something else. Yeah, just, yeah, just to I, confirm that True Detective one. is yeah. vastly superior, <laughs> and it is. You don't want to see it with the rest of this scum. I only consider you scum compared to Krusty. Oh, yeah, you see how you scum. It is, but I had so much fun with Mayor of Easttown. I liked the characters. I liked um, the twists and turns of it, and the fact that you know you're knowing that it's a mini series. I just love mini series, and especially when it comes to this kind of stuff, you know. There's there's been a bunch of these kind of mystery, you know, thrillers and stuff like that. It's such a good recipe, you know, six to eight episodes. You know, it, you can just have a lot of fun with it. You can binge it. You can hold off. I appreciated the fact I was watching a new episode once yeah, a you, week. You so every yourself. Sunday, I got really excited. Yeah, you teased just like, yourself like, with like, it. Like yeah. I did back in the day, and it was I, I had a lot of fun with it. So, um. You know, it, it, it heightened my enjoyment. Taking yourself I back think, to the Breaking Bad days, back when yeah. you and you used to get together for the final season on Sunday and sit down and watch the, yeah. watch the new episodes together. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, there is something to be said about that formula. I'm a binger. I prefer to binge. Um, but I think that just comes from the fact that we do this show. Like, prior to doing the show, I didn't like to binge. I liked the dick tease, right? Like, I, 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 liked, I liked the show, like, edging me until the end when I can go like, oh, yeah. 
Yes! Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just slipped that in just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this show in particular really sets up perfectly for that week Well, also, break. Because you there's weren't so binging many things it. to so, chew on. So, so when I, was, I, say I like, wasn't binging it. You were binging it. I was binging it. So when I say like, yeah, I figured out who the killer was based on this episode. And then, and then you know, eventually the show threw me so many red herrings that I, that I thought I was wrong at that point. Um, but like you wouldn't have picked up on that watching it week to week. I only picked up on that because I'm binging it. So, yeah yeah maybe good there's point. something to be said about that it's just like some shows are bingeable some shows aren't i always talk about lost lost was one of the best week-to-week shows to watch because like it left you it left you with a question mark at the end of every episode you couldn't wait to get to the next one to get that they get that answer usually within the first 20 minutes of the, of the next episode your question from the last episode was answered and they're, they're moving you on to another question and it was just mystery box after mystery box after mystery box week after week that 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 can get you know exciting and stuff like that and you really get involved with it when you and watch the great cliffhanger after yeah, every episode with exactly. that like the sound and lost that stamp right across the screen yeah oh so good but but then when when i tried to binge it with lauren who had never watched it i was like i, I have this i have this giant box set of it and it's and it's all in like this 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 it, like it doesn't work thing. as well man it yeah. doesn't work as well we started binging it and and she was like this is kind of boring and she's like and i was like what do you mean she's just like well and i was like but don't you love the way that they set you up for like the next episode next and she's like yeah but then the next episode comes and then they're doing it again and again and again she's like by the time we got through season two she was like i was like you ready for season three it was like season three is where shit gets fucking crazy because we're gonna have flash forwards we've been doing flashbacks <laughs> we're doing flash forwards and then she's like uh now i'm not into it <laughs> i was like Fair enough. But I remember watching Lost. I used to watch it with my mom, too, every Wednesday night. And uh, we used to listen to Preston and Steve's breakdown of it every Thursday morning um, on our on our ride to work. Because me and my mom worked for the county together. So we used to we used to carpool. I carpool with my mom. Don't make fun of me. Um, love my mom. My mom's a great person. So uh, <laughs> we used to. And then I remember when that season two like cliffhanger happened. And, 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 and we see that Jack like mentions like, like, okay, we got to get back to the island like me and my mom were like wait a minute they're off the island how when why who who else is off the island what happened and then they're like yeah you gotta wait like a whole fucking year and i was like no fucking way (laughs) (laughs) but i agreed with lauren when she was binge watching it i was like you're right it's not as exciting it's not as exciting now all right jay it's time for you to go pour yourself a bourbon neat it's time for you to uh, to 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 dress in an old band T-shirt that's been tastefully uh, worn. You know what I mean? Like like oh, it's, yeah. it's been purposely Holes in worn, just the right places, right? And you you spent close to eight hundred dollars on that T-shirt, and uh, even though you've never listened to Nirvana a day in your life, you still wear it because that's <laughs> that's that's what an indie kid does. And then you're gonna go put on your square frame glasses. You're gonna curl your mustache just right, and you are going to act oh so superior to the rest of us because you watched an indie darling so let's get ourselves over to jay's indie corner (laughs) 
All right, man, you got this little indie ditty that you're going to be bringing to everybody. What is the title of this little indie ditty? Swallow. Swallow. All right, so I gave some thought to this, man, because like when you told me that today, I was in the middle of feeding my son, and I was just like, where do I go with this? And I was like, there's so many obvious places to go. And I always go for the low-hanging fruit. A lot. I go for the low-hanging fruit. And it's very easy to make this about like a prostitute who has a problem, you know, swallowing cum and stuff like that. And she goes on this whirlwind adventure to learn how to how how to how, how to become the best dick-sucking prostitute in the world. And she travels to Budapest and learns from learns from prostitute monks and like <laughs> I could, I could go I could go on and on with that. And then I was like, that's just low-hanging fruit, Dave. It's really not that funny, you know? It's very juvenile of me. Yeah, sure. So I decided to do something different. Eight people are brought into a room mysteriously. Mm. They're, they're, they're all tied to chairs, and they have bags over their head. Then, that, then the ropes are cut, and the bags are pulled off, and in front of them is a shot glass. And they are all asked questions. It's essentially never have I ever, but they will have to take a shot and one of these eight shots is poisoned. So we're Mm. going to go through each one of them as they get asked a question that's going to lead us to flashbacks that will be, uh, you know, kind of getting into like their character, maybe possibly reasons why they've been brought there, who brought them there. I know it sounds a little bit like a Saw movie, but it, it, it would be, it would be much, it would be much better than that. (laughs) <laughs> because I'm making it. <laughs> uh, and then ultimately, you know, they, we have to go through the the Russian roulette of them taking shots when one round of questioning is done. A sh- the shot glasses are taken away and new ones are brought in. And they have to go through it again until we solve the mystery about why they are all there. I mean, that's good. Swallow. It's good. It's good. I like it. And then it turns out to be a frat joke, and some dude comes out, and he's like, there wasn't poison in any of it. You guys are just swelling horse cum. <laughs> and like, it's played, like he's played Will by Ferrell Sean Williams. from behind the scene. <laughs> yeah, he's played by Sean, William, Sean Scott. William Scott. Yeah, yeah, that's more accurate. <laughs> but, like, somehow Sean William Scott de-aged to be Sean William Scott for, like, circa, circa uh, Rundown or circa... Uh, 2004. Uh, what, what's the... What, what? Road Trip. Yeah, Road Trip. That... That error of of Sean William Scott. Well, polish my nuts and serve me a milkshake. <laughs> it would just be him, essentially coming out of Stifler. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> you guys just swallowed horse cum. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I had no, to, I like I, it. I had I to take like the, I had to take the low hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, you, you had to add a little zinger at the end. Uh, right, and but and everybody way, loves Sean William Scott. I and mean, by the way, that horse also had HPV. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But everybody has HPV, for the most part. Most people. Most eighty percent. I mean, you definitely have it. <laughs> That's for well, sure. If eighty percent of people do, I definitely do. <laughs> yeah. I am proud to be in the majority on this one. <laughs> but I, I. But you know, no doctors ever told me. I mean, it's and it's not detectable in you, dumbass. <laughs> whatever. You're just a carrier. You've been going. You've been going around shooting loads of uh of fucking cervical cancer into women for the past like fucking twenty years. <laughs> How many STD tests have you had before in your life? Me? Yeah, several. Yeah, me too. Yeah, all through probably, college. All probably, through college, it was a, it was it was pretty much like a like a 
monthly requirement. I mean, I went to Catholic school, man. They scared me. To, they, they scared the shit out of me about having sex. So I mm. used to be like, every time I'd have sex with somebody, I'd be like, oh, I bet you I got, I bet you I got something. And I used to go and like, finally, like, uh, the, uh, the, the, the school clinic, when I would go there, they would be like, you do know that like, first off, did you wear a <laughs> condom? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, you're probably fine. And I was like, it's, it's the probably in that sentence that scares me. <laughs> and, then, and then they were like, um, and, then, and then he was finally just like, you do know that like, it also takes some time for like the virus to gestate in your body. Most, most STDs. So like coming in a month after you slept with somebody, we may not know. And I was like, all oh, the more reason for me to come every month. And they're like, <laughs> fine, whatever. And it's like, <laughs> You preach being safe, and here I am being safe. And so, yeah, I used to go. I used to go pretty frequently until I until uh, now. Damn, know, being married. So, oh god, I, going to Catholic I only, school. I only man. went like four or five times ever, mm. and you're going like can't even count. Shit, can't even count. Couldn't even count. Damn, how many times I went? But good, like I said, good for you. Good I for went you. to Catholic school. They scared the ever loving shit out of me, and it didn't matter. I was nerve wracked. And listen to me, acting like I had sex every month. I didn't. I didn't. Sometimes I just went because I was like, well, the last one was negative. But, well, you never know. Sometimes I read that the herpes virus can take up to two years to gestate. So God let's go get damn, checked. Damn, I had no idea, David. <laughs> Keeping this yeah, dark yeah. secret. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not like I was some cocksmith in college. Like, like I was getting laid like every weekend. Hardly. Hardly. I was just that paranoid. Dude, the ST- STDs scared the ever-loving shit out of me. Yeah, I mean, it definitely did when, uh, if I ever didn't have a condom, like, I, I, I lost out on a lot of sex for not having a condom, and, you know. What, do you want a fucking cookie? Just keep it no, in your wallet, uh, jackass. I, I, Jesus I, I, Christ, well, it's not that hard. I know, but I never really carried a wallet that could actually... All right. Well, Hold then you pause sex, and there's literally like a Wawa or a Seven Eleven or a 24-hour CVS, like all within like I'm just saying stones throw. You can always just run down and buy a, a, a three-pack, which is like less than three dollars. <laughs> it's like a dollar a condom. It's really not that much. You could probably buy a Lucy condom. You could probably be like, yeah, wait, let me get a Lucy. <laughs> they hand you a cigarette, and you're like, no, no, just one single condom. And they're like, just take one. I don't care. Just get out of here. <laughs> You fucking sweaty teenager. Don't, don't touch anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jay, what the fuck is Swallow about? Stay on target. Swallow. Stay on target. Stay on target. All right. So Swallow is following Haley Bennett's character, Hunter. Now, if you guys know Haley Bennett, she's a young, very striking looking young woman. Um, you know, she's been in. Why do I feel like seven. striking is your way of saying like not conventionally well, good looking, downright possibly ugly? <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. Um, if you look her up, you'll know what I mean. She's got a very distinctive face, very pretty, very very pretty. Um, you know, she her big breakthrough was that rom com music and lyrics with Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore. Nope, uh, way back in two thousand seven playing like the pop star of the time. But anyway, so she's been in like a lot of like unsuccessful studio films and a lot of indie darlings as well. But I think this is one of those movies that kind of certainly in the indie world really is going to break her out 
and I think she did a really fantastic job from start to finish playing this very Holy shit. Soft. I remember sending you this trailer. I just read the synopsis now. Uh, I remember sending you this trailer, and I was like, this is right up your alley. This seems fucking weird. And you were like, it probably is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it reminds me. It, it's kind of in a vein of like, Raw. Like remember two Raw? years ago, I sent you this trailer. I fucking remember it. I remember it because I saw it. It came up when I was watching. I, I have a habit of watching like trailers, uh, like monthly trailers and stuff, like these channels on YouTube and stuff like that, where they just show like a shit ton of trailers in like a 20-minute block because um, that's my favorite part of going to the movies. And I remember seeing this, and I sent it to Jay, and I fucking remember telling you, like, this seems like it's just weird enough to be up your alley, and you were like, probably. And here we are two years later. You've seen it. <laughs> finally. Well, it's it just, it finally, you know, it finally kind of, it's been a very, very slow release film, right. you know. And, so she and has, she has Pika, right? Pika? Pika. Uh, it's Pika. Pika, yeah. Um, she, so, eats, she eats things. Her hair, random objects. Well, it's it's mainly objects and, and some, and a lot of stuff. I mean, it's been, you know, she does dirt, you know, it starts off with a marble, um, thumbtack, <clears throat> random little smaller objects and it leads into you know more and more dangerous type of things yeah and you know all while it kicks into gear when she's pregnant when she first finds out she's pregnant now she's all right let me backtrack for a second so she is a very soft-spoken sweet um came from very meager you know beginnings right really Just had a lost family like she was a soft yeah. <laughs> Very low key saleswoman at, at like a you know random shops and stores and things like that. Uh-huh. And she's married now to this super super wealthy family. Okay, and or the son, I guess you could say, of of a super super wealthy family. And and you know she's just so uptight and and cautious and doesn't want to mess anything up and wants to be perfect. Very 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 orderly and perfect. And then I think. You just slowly start to see her crack, and and I think the pregnancy kind of unveiled a lot of, well, the pica for one, um, but also you start to develop and see how she may have some trauma from the past that she's got to deal with, and you can see her character evolve and in ways of the pica compulsion ramping up to more and more extremes to, um. You know, also the family's frustrations and what they would do to try to help and help, you know, protect the baby as well. And the frustrations that go along with all that stuff. So there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of intricacies. It's really interestingly shot. It's really beautiful. Very, very eye-catching. And, you know, it's a a short movie. So it's only like an hour and a half. And it's a perfect runtime for this kind of film. And it has a great payoff when she does really start to unravel and confront her old childhood trauma. So is and, it, is and it streaming anywhere on. for people to check out? It's on Showtime right now. Uh, okay. so, so it's not, I it's just not recently free. got correct. I just recently uh, downloaded Showtime. It's only like $2 for two months. So I'm like, all right, I'll just do that for two months and binge on some things that – you know, maybe I haven't seen. I, I would just catch up on. Around. I would catch up on the last season of Shameless, and then I would cancel that. That's that's like literally all I've watched on Showtime in like a long fucking time. Yeah, I might do that. I I, I don't even. We'll I see. haven't even liked Shameless for like four years, but I I think I just want to see how it ends. I think I just want to see it all. I agree. Up. No, I agree. The final I season, agree. I think so. It's it's all the, it's more of the same. That's the thing. You know, the storylines. 
the ebb and flow, but ultimately, you know, every, <laughs> they're still the piece of shit Gallagher's. They're, they're the in same the people that they, they've always been for the most part. Um, but anyway, so but you would recommend Swallow? But I, 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 for for my for my indie crowd, I would one hundred percent recommend Swallow. Right, fair enough. I'm not going to watch it because I'm not going to do that two dollars for two months of Showtime. However, if you've ever been interested in Showtime, there are there's some still stuff on Showtime. That's an interesting deal that that Jay brought to our attention. Thank you, Jay, for being fucking informative for once. Yeah, I mean, I'll cancel <laughs> it in two months, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So would I. So would I. Yeah, you just watch whatever's on there. I remember we had Showtime. It just came with like our cable once, and me and Lauren like watched fucking nothing on it, with the exception of like Shameless and maybe like a thing here or oh, there. Oh, dude. For a, for a good five or so years, maybe even longer, Showtime was the best network for TV well, series. Well, yeah, it had Dexter. Um, Dexter, you know, Californication. Yeah, Californication. Uh, Weeds. Yeah, uh, but like- also It had like, a few really good stuff. But also like their movies were garbage. Like it's it's whatever yes, it's yes. whatever HBO didn't feel like bidding a lot on. <laughs> kind of no you're right you're kind of right it always felt like because like stars had the exclusive deal with like disney and sony and stuff like that so those immediately went over there to showtime so so uh and then like and then hbo was always able to outbid everybody because they had the big warner brothers bucks behind them and then like showtime was just always left to like pick up the pieces and it's like ooh, a fucking d-rated horror movie you're coming over to us. This movie that barely anybody saw and was only in the theater for a week, Showtime's got you. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> Something starring uh some 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 direct to video on demand starring Bruce Willis, Showtime's got you back there too. We got that one. <laughs> like that's what every time I flipped through Showtime, oh, yeah. I was always like, This is all shit I don't want to watch. But I'm getting it because it came with my with my cable package. And I remember when they were like, would you like to renew Showtime for $15.99 a month? Hard no. <laughs> Fuck no. Would you like to review? Would you like to renew HBO? You're damn right I would. Because <laughs> at least there's content I can get enjoyment out of over there. All right, man. So Swallow, uh, definitely not anything I'm really interested in. Uh, I had a client with uh, Pika before. And uh, I remember she had to go to the hospital because she would eat her hair and she had a giant, massive lump in her stomach that turned out to be her hair that she couldn't digest. And they had to go in, operate, and take it out. Absolutely disgusting. Caused her to get diver reticulitis, which is a uh, buildup of bacteria in your your intestine that will cause you to start to – your intestine to start eating itself, essentially. The bacteria will start breaking down your intestine, causing holes in the walls, and then eventually you would spew excrement into your own body cavity, which is disgusting and will kill you. Uh, So (laughs) she developed diver reticulitis because she was eating her hair. Jesus. Yeah, you need you need cognitive behavioral therapy usually to curb that. And usually it comes from a from a from a source of trauma as well. It becomes it, it becomes a, a way to uh to to deal with uh deal with trauma, deal with stress and stuff like that. And before you know yeah, it, yeah, it's a control a thing ball. too, you know, like and I think that's a big part of that film where yep. you know, it was her own way of slightly regaining control of her herself with in her situation, but also with the pregnancy and expectations and um, and then, uh, of course, the trauma. So Fascinating. It is. It really <laughs> was a fascinating film. All right, Jay. Let's get on to my review for Disney and Pixar's Luca. What if the old stories are true? Too many strange things have been seen in these waters. Papa, what's that? <gasps> what 
Have you ever gone to the human town? Yeah, it's a bet. Isn't it dangerous up here? It's fine. Something fishy with you two. Is it that we're smarter than you? Or better looking? All right, Jay. Luca is the story of two mer boys. <laughs> Merman. Merman. Two sea monster boys uh, who learn that they can surface out of the water and they will turn human looking where they are able to travel around the Mediterranean town of Riviera and uh, kind of blend in with everybody because they've lived below the waves their entire life. They're fascinated with the world above uh, and they become entangled with a young girl and her desires to win a annual race uh, against essentially the town bully. Um, And they are inspired to do so because they fall in love with the idea of owning and riding on a Vespa because Vespas can take you anywhere in the world. Uh, but at, at its heart, what the story's really about is it feels like it's about immigrants. It feels like it's, it, it's, it's an immigration story. These are the two young boys who are first generation leaving the old country under the water, coming to, to the land, the new the new, the new land, the new world, uh, and and learning about a new culture, learning about new ways, and gaining acceptance into that culture, um, which is how I feel this this story was was meant to be perceived and stuff. While watching this, though, like I I felt like there was a lack of heart there that is present in so many Pixar films, right? Like even onward huh. up, yeah, exactly, like. It, I I just felt like it was lacking that heart. Wow, you know, surprising. Yeah, very. And, and well, don't get me wrong, I still enjoyed the story. I thought the story was great, and I think the voice acting's great. You have Jacob Tremblay as as Luca. You have Jack Dylan Grazer as Alberto. Uh, you have Maya Rudolph playing Luca's mother, Daniela. So I mean, you got Jim Gaffigan. Well, well Dave, I have to say, Sasha Baron Cohen. Like you got really? a good, you got a you got a great you got a great voice cast. My biggest you. question to you about this film is probably it's it's release. It's a fucking Pixar movie, and they only dropped it on Disney Plus. Well, to be fair, they've done Not it to the past theaters. two Pixar films as well, Onward and Soul. Both got Disney Plus releases. Yeah, and, but it's Pixar though, and Pixar is is quite upset about this. Like, there are a lot of people within Pixar who felt that they understood why Soul and Onward were released on Disney Plus. This time around, though, they don't understand it. Why is this going directly with Disney Plus? When do you understand up, it? When you're watching it, yeah, I do. You know, I I feel like Disney didn't feel like this was as strong. I felt like Disney paying the distribution for it wasn't wasn't as strong. I felt like them padding their padding their streaming service with something like this probably is is better suited because when they do the premiere access, it still has to be distributed. It still has to go out to theaters when they do the premiere access. So it's thirty dollars at home, or you can go see it in the theaters. Most people probably choose to see it at home, and the only people really going to theaters right now, if you have the option to watch it at home, aren't families. It's you know. So I, I I think Disney's justified after watching it and releasing it here, but I could see why Pixar would be like, what the fuck, man? We're like your, we're your guys, your boys, Toy Story 3. Come on. You guys remember that? <laughs> Go with Toy Story 4. We made you a ton of money with that one. Huh? 
And then Disney looks over and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We blew you out of the water with Frozen. We've blown you out of the water with Frozen too. Our own homegrown stuff is outselling the Pixar stuff at this point. Burn. And e- right. And, e- and even Raya and The Last Dragon, that was released on Disney Premiere Access. And I got to say, I actually enjoyed that probably a little bit more than this too. So, uh, look, it, is it gorgeous? Yeah, dude, it's fucking Pixar. It's gorgeous. I love the way uh, the, the the animation style is, which is somewhat different than other Pixar films. Um, you know, like I mentioned previously when we broke down the trailer for it, it looks a lot like one of the Pixar shorts, La Luna, which again follows an Italian. Uh, grandfather, father, and son who go out and they anchor the moon and they climb up on a giant ladder and they sweep the stars that land on the moon off of one side. And that's how you get a crescent moon. That's how you get a full moon. That's how you get stuff. And it's this little, but, but like it's the same animation style as that. And it's not the same as like other Pixar films we've seen. So I was, I was digging this new art style for it, but at the same time, like it also kind of felt like a story I've, I've seen before. You know what I mean? Even though it's not, it, it it just kind of felt like I knew where this slightly story was, formulaic or yeah I knew where this story was going based on based on on how I felt about it you know like I, I just I just knew where it was going and at no point did it really like pull at the heartstrings which I think is what Pixar's bread and fucking butter is is is, is making me love this character and then fucking gutting me at one point with emotion and it's not always a bad emotion like sometimes I'm just so elated by the end that like I, I have fucking tears like like in up you know when when Mr. Fredrickson pins the fucking Ellie badge on little Carl and I'm just like fuck uh, um, on uh, on little Russell and I'm just like fuck that fucking guts me man because I know what Ellie meant to him here I didn't feel that right I didn't I, I didn't have that strong connection between like Luca and his parents or between like like Luca and 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 the rest of the characters and stuff like that. There's a big sacrifice that comes at the end of this movie from his friend Alberto, who he meets in the beginning of the movie. And it's like I get that they're like best friends and stuff like that. And I understand that like something was sacrificed here in in giving Luca this this gift that he receives at the end. But also like I'm not sure like I I really cared that much. You know what I mean? Like it could have went either way. Luca Luca could have gotten his dream and 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 i would have been okay with it he could have not gotten it i would have been okay with it you know what i mean i wasn't invested yeah in these characters um i still i still enjoyed the movie you know what i mean like logan's watched it three times i've watched it three times i'm not saying it's bad like i'm not saying that that like you know even watching it as many times as i've had to watch it i would have watched it once believe me but But it's just not great but it's just not great man it's just I even soul was better than this because soul had heart. It had soul. It had something to it. I don't know what this movie's hook is other than that immigrant story that, that, that I kind of said, but like, I think we've gotten it better elsewhere in the Heights. For example, we just talked about it last week, you know, um, knives out. (laughs) I mean, there's, there's other ways of, of telling the story and there's other movies that have done it right now. And I think they've done it better. Uh, And I think maybe, maybe they subverted the emotion of the immigrant story a little bit too much. I think that, I think they, I think they hit it beneath, beneath their own facade a little bit too much where it didn't have time to develop and it didn't have time to pull at the heartstrings. So I enjoyed it, man. It's gorgeous, but it's it's nothing fantastic. And I think Disney looked at it and went like, this is fine. This is good. This is B plus shit. This is fucking B plus shit, and it's good. You fucking go to college on this shit, son. 
but you, you ain't no valid Victorian. <laughs> and that's how I feel about Pixar anymore. It's like, you're not the valid Victorian, man. You're not fucking setting the world on fire no more. I don't know what you got to do. You need a kick in the pants. You've lost a lot of your, of your great directors, a lot of your visionaries, Brad Bird gone. You know what I mean? Like these, 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 these people that uh, I think, you know, made the original John Lasseter has left as well. These people who made like the original Pixar films that built Pixar into what it is are gone. And you know, what's left. I'm not saying that they're any worse. I'm just saying that the quality that's coming out it's it's not quite right and maybe it's it's those directive forces that are gone. Also, you could argue that Pixar's best films happened before they were solely purchased by Disney. And it could be the Disney studio running them running them into the ground. You got to remember like not only is like Disney maybe producing Pixar films, but you don't think that Disney Animation Studios has a direct competition with Pixar? You don't think there's some like... Oh, of course. Of, of course. course there is. Of course there is. So, you know, uh, it's fine. It's a B-plus movie. That's what it is. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. It's on Disney+. Plus. If you got Disney+, Plus, you got kids, fucking watch it. If you're an animation fan, fucking watch it. Just don't expect it to set the world on fire. It's a good story. It's funny at times. It has it has some heart. It just, it just doesn't grab you. Got it. All right, man. All right. You and I watch something not together, but together for this review. Um, this this is one of the biggest movies to come to, to Netflix this year, sort of, at, at least this month. This is the big movie to come to Netflix this sure. month. Because watching this movie, I was like, this very easily could have been in the theaters if we had a healthier theater system. And I think I this, agree. Is, this is one of those buy-ups that like Netflix got when we, when we talked about the Netflix sizzle reel that came out earlier this year. This is all the stuff that Netflix scooped up when everyone's like not releasing this in theaters, not releasing. When they sort of trim, when all the studios sort of trimming their fat of what they're going to be putting out in theaters this year because they, they, they can't pay distribution for too many of them. They got to they, they gotta play things close to the vest. Well, they Net- got to plan for 2022. Exactly. Netflix came in with a giant vacuum, um, you know, sucking these movies oh. up on one end, spitting money out on the other end to everybody Just else. making more p- money. Yeah, and, and making more money. So uh, this movie starring Kevin Hart, Fatherhood, just released on Netflix. So let's get into our review for that. Hi, yo. Hey, you could have only one parent. I wish you could have had your mom. You think you can do this, but you can't? I'm going to do it because I'm a father. Wherever you are, I'm going to go there. Wherever you are, I'm going to go there, too. Somebody's cutting onions or something close to us. How does it look? I think it's a new look. I think it's a new hairstyle that can catch on if given a chance. So Kevin Hart is a young, middle-class businessman whose wife gives birth and shortly thereafter passes away and he has to struggle to raise his infant daughter while he is surrounded by family members and friends who doubt his ability to do so. And what follows is a time spanning story of Kevin Hart's character of Matt trying to prove to himself and everybody else that he is capable of raising his daughter and his trials, tribulations and pitfalls there without so um there within so i gotta tell you movie had a lot of heart a lot of heart there was a lot it really no really pun did. intended i understand it stars kevin hart <laughs> so it has a lot of heart <laughs> dad joke over <laughs> but not only that like i think this movie might have the award for the quickest 
teardrop out of my face ever. Oh yeah, yeah. What 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 which part got you without like spoiling? I don't know. Like the first ten minutes. Okay, just after the what, mom dies, right? It's just just like yeah. Well, that's, I guess that's not really a spoiler. It's not. No, no, no. That's in the trailer. So, he's he's a single father based on he's a widower. So like no, that's not a spoiler. Well, at I all. think it's because they did such a great character build up of him and his wife and their relationship and just the really happiness and then you know oh you thought she was going to die in childbirth no it didn't happen she's still okay you know she's in the hospital they're looking at the baby blah 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 then all of a sudden you know aneurysm (laughs) yeah and then and but just seeing like his his acting was really good and then seeing the the parents come right after that that was oh god yeah it was a double it was a one-two punch and it really got me the movie does a fantastic job of 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 having heart and stuff like that and blending it with its comedy to an extent uh but where the movie really shines is kevin hart's relationship his chemistry with melody heard who's the who's the the older version of the daughter of the, of, of the older and the younger one i'll tell you uh, he he had a really good chemistry with he has great chemistry with kids and the actors dude, of his daughters the yeah. dude has kids so like you you know he has chemistry exactly with kids. i've seen I, i've seen documentary things where he's hanging out with his kids he he's he, he's, he's a good father you know he's what i a mean very yeah he's very much a family man yeah so much so 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 i mean that that that, that comes through and you know Little Ray Howery, he's he's. F- I I didn't love Little Ray Howery. I I I thought I thought he was a little over the top too much. So therein lies my problem. We have this movie that's blending comedy with heart and stuff like that. The comedy never got me. No, there was and never. Kevin, you could tell that Kevin Hart was completely restraining himself. Right. The moments that got me were the dark comedy moments, like when he busts yeah. into a new mom's group and he's just yeah. like, "She won't yeah. stop crying. She won't." And and to me, like that, and, and he was deadpan. He wasn't like right doing his pitchy voice thing. He was just actually frustrated. Like, look, it was the dark comedy stuff because and, I'm I'm and you laughing can relate, at him. You're doing it right now. Right, okay. I'm laughing at him because that's happening to me right now, and I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> it's funny because it's true and it hurts, and I yeah. get it. And it's like watching someone get kicked in the nuts, and you're like, <laughs> that sucks, and you're laughing at them. That's what I was doing because I was laughing at his pain because it's the same pain that I'm feeling right now. So <laughs> that stuff I found both humorous but also realistic, which, which really worked. But then you're right. You know, little Ro Howery also though, like some of that stuff was over the top. But like, if you, if you notice like every time that stuff was going over the top, Kevin Hart's character was bringing you back down where like he tries to take him out to get yeah. drinks, get his mind off of things. He's like, no, fuck you, man. I want to fucking get my mind off things. My fucking life's in fucking shambles. It's shit yeah. right now. And the same thing with their other friend, Anthony Kerrigan. I thought that was miscast. That just, he didn't work at all. You just couldn't buy them being friends um as a group and 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 that's the thing with this movie for me this is a two-parter the first half sang for the most part and the second half really kind of fell off the rails for me a little bit narratively also some different kind of oh, character yeah. choices and writing and stuff there's it a, just there, didn't there's a work love as well sub, there, there, there's there's a love uh, subplot and stuff the love like story that story didn't work at all it, it just, doesn't work at all and and the resolution to it just kind of felt like we have to end this movie, yeah. so here's how we'll end it, rom com style. Yeah, like how do you feel about that? We don't care. It's it's just over. It, it it's it's an ending, right? It's like Stephen King. It's like it's an ending. Who cares? 
the journey was 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 the most important part and it's like kind of but yeah i felt i felt the heart of this movie really came in the beginning Mm-hmm. when he's struggling and stuff like that and even then when the daughter's aged up like there's stuff that like i really loved right like like raising a do- like and i had one of those moments tonight my daughter was asking me to put her hair in braids and i'm like baby daddy doesn't know how to do that and she's like i'm sure if you try your best it'll be fine and i'm like baby <laughs> daddy's best is not going to be good enough and then she's like so what do i do i want my i i don't want my hair to be all knotty because her hair was really knotty this morning and i had such a bitch of a time brushing it and i'm not the gentlest person because i'm a big fat you know guy so <laughs> i'm like ripping her hair out while i'm doing it i'm trying to be gentle and i can't and so why I does her hair get so knotty anyway is it because uh, it's the way so she thin? sleeps she both oh. my kids sleep like me. They just thrash and kick their bodies around all fucking night, and they yeah. move around so fucking And she has much. that really thin, straight hair, so yeah, I guess it yeah. kind of gets tangled up. So yeah. uh, I told her, like, go, just go get me go get me four hair ties. And she's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to make you I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you a braid. It's going to be a fake braid, though, okay? So I, I just basically take her hair, and I put it in a bunch of... <laughs> I just put a bunch of hair ties around it and made a fake braid. And she goes, how's it look? And I was like, like garbage, honey. It looks like garbage. I would never let you out of the house like this. Quick YouTube video. I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, it's got to be a a daddy how-to guide for, you know, I'm sure to writing hair. It was already a a half hour past her bedtime. when We were getting ready to record this episode. So I just sent her to bed with this fucking shit braid. She looks like a fucking horse (laughs) whose hair's tied up. So it doesn't get fucking (laughs) shit in it. Love it. But anyway, like I think of things like that and I watch Kevin Hart struggling in this movie and I get it. And I think it's fucking relatable. I, w- w- whether you've lo- whether you're a widower or not, like, you know, w- whether you're a single dad or not or you're you're a divorced dad trying to raise a daughter by themselves like during you know, during your weekend visits or whether you have full custody, 50% custody. You know, I think there's stuff that a lot of dads with daughters can relate to with this. But it was a little tone deaf. I get you, Jay. I do think that like sometimes it didn't know whether it wanted to be the heartfelt comedy or it just wanted to be the Kevin Hart comedy. Like it wanted to be. It, yeah. It, it seemed like a lot of the actors either were what, what, on you different. Know, the, the, the one he did with Tiffany Haddish, like whether it wanted to be that or it wanted sure. to be this, you know? Yeah. And I, 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 I think, you know, ultimately it, it, I think it's just Paul Wheat's fault. I mean, like, I mean, he's done about a boy is my favorite of his films, and that came out a long time ago, and it had a lot of cheeky, um, dry humor, you know, and and I think I think you know it's sung, you know, in that kind of way throughout. But and I should say that like, if there's any actor or actress that you point in this movie and say say like they killed it, it's Alfred Woodard, but like. She kills it and everything. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I'm like, she well, kills it in everything. Yeah, you know, she's mean, like Viola Davis in that way. You know, she's, yeah, uh, she's she's just a fantastic her, fucking her. Actress. Her and Kevin Hart. I mean, I would say her, Kevin Hart, and the yeah. older daughter really did a fantastic job. And unfortunately, I don't know if the other players just, you know, they were told to be the the comedy relief, or they thought they were in a Kevin Hart movie, so they try to ham it up. I don't know, but it just didn't work, and I thought it just kind of took away from, like we've always been saying, the heart of this movie, because, you know, this is the kind of movie, and they had it in a lot of parts where, like, the comedy is there, 
let it come through the screen. You you don't have to force it. You don't have to ham it up. You know, and and I think it was just poorly mismanaged by the director with uh, the actors and, and, and delivering some of the stuff. And uh, you know, because I had a mixed bag. I'll tell you, man, the first first half of this movie, I was like, this is like top ten of the year for me right now. And, and then it just completely nosedived, and and it just went completely off the rails into a formulaic. I've seen it a million times, Hallmark movie type of ending. It was unfortunate, but I, I do respect and appreciate what they were trying to do with this movie. And again, there was a lot of good stuff in it, a lot of good emotional stuff. And I think it, you know, I think Kevin Hart did a fantastic job with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I, I agree with all your sentiments, to be honest. Like, we're, we're, we're in 100% agreement on this. I may have gotten a little bit more enjoyment out of it than, than you did, basically. But well, relatability, probably. Relatability is what that comes down to. So, well, what's your score for fatherhood? Ooh, B minus. All right, man. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of right where I am. So, I get it. Yeah, B minus. It 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 it, it draws had, you in. I had a good enough time watching this movie, and yeah, you know, like sure. I said, the it's first free. half was was really up there. It's I mean, free it, essentially. It was, it was good. Yeah. yeah. So, I so. mean, the, the 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 barrier for entry is pretty fucking low. We all got Netflix sub, uh, subscriptions, so barrier for entry is fucking fucking low. It, it, it's worth a Netflix watch. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Me and me and Lauren had a good time watching it. All right, man. It's time. The time I, I want to assume everybody's been waiting for. I got a review for a big blockbuster, baby. Uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of like the really... The, yeah. the, the and biggest. this is Dave, guys, not me. So yeah. I went and saw this movie. Jay didn't go see it. I but wasn't this is, able to. But this is a this is one of the biggest blockbusters that people have been waiting for you know, since 2020. And it's finally out. And we are going to... The, the entire crew is back together including Justin Lin to direct a fast nine. You miss the old life. Do you? Every day. My brother is about to hurt a lot of people. We're going to have to stop him. Together. Well, that was new. All right, Jay, permit me, if you will, to do this uh, synopsis for F9. I call it Fast 9. It's F9, I, I suppose. Maybe it's like a new military jet. I don't know. Well, the next one will be FX. Will be FX. <laughs> FX has the movies. All right. So <laughs> Dom has built a family and is living a reclusive life on a farm off the grid, taking a page from his sister Mia and Brian's life. But all that is shattered when a distress call from Mr. Nobody gets out to the fast crew, with Mr. Nobody missing, kidnapped at the hands of a mysterious new villain, one that wears a cross necklace very similar to Dom's. It's up to the fast crew to solve the mystery, jet set around the world, resurrect a fan favorite character, and do it all, driving and crashing cars fast with some physics defying stunts dom initially turns down the rest of the fast crew deciding instead to stay with his family after all he's a responsible father these days that lasts for about 30 seconds of screen time after learning the villain is none other than his exiled little brother 
Jacob, played by John Cena. Dom seemingly says, you son of a bitch. I'm in. From this point on, the film feels like a montage of insane action and stunts, leaving you with barely any time to catch your breath, follow a story, or question the possibility of anything that is going on. So the entire crew is back, man. Justin Lin back to direct, which we know he directs some fantastic fucking action. He's been doing it since Fast Five. Uh, so the entire crew's back. They're bringing back some characters as well that have previously not been in other installments. Famously, Han died, and uh, he's back here. Are you looking for an explanation for how he came back? Don't hold your breath. You're not getting a good one. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, they're also bringing back Bow Wow and Lucas from who were in uh, Tokyo Drift. Their whole crew is in is back in as well and play somewhat of a pivotal role here. So they're they're really digging in deep into the fast universe for this one. Helen Mirren makes an appearance as as Mrs. Shaw, Jason Statham's mother, yet again. So they're they're really doing a good job of building this fast universe. This movie's got great action. It's a familiar universe if you're a fan of the franchise uh, and you're familiar with all the characters. So that's that's something right away that that can really draw you in. But you can only really get drawn into it if you're a fan of the series. Like by this point, by the ninth installment, if you're not sold on the fast series, you're not gonna go see this one and fuck it. Fuck it. they changed my mind. They they got me with this one. Um I'm, I'm fucking in now. I know like all the other fast movies I wasn't in on, something about this one now really drew me in. There's nothing that, that that's here to draw in a new audience. The formula is exactly the same as it's always been. Villain is 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 given to you. They're premiered. Uh, they jet set across the world. Crazy stunts ensue. And eventually there's a bombastic, impossibly physics-defying ending. And it's over. It's the same formula every time. You either go with this or you don't. You buy into this series or you don't. You jump the shark with this series or you don't. That's it. That's what the Fast series is. (laughs) Well... Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where, like, they were. They were slightly ramping up more and more and more and more. And then they ultimately, I guess, just became too self-aware. And they incorporated it into the film. And if you go along with the ride, which some people I'm sure will – might I gotta say that's, of it, that's one of the things that like that that really it'd got be too me. distracting for me. I think is like I think I think Fast Five was was so well received because it was such a departure from the rest of the Fast movies. It wasn't it wasn't about the gearheads. It wasn't about the cars anymore. It wasn't you know it it became about action. It became almost like almost like a Mission Impossible stuff. Like obviously a far more far fetched Mission Impossible, but like it became along the lines of like this bombastic action, but also really, really did a lot to delve deeper into its characters and make us care about them more while also building this crew of, of eclectic characters that we kind of fell in love with. That's what fast five did. And they've been washing, rinsing and repeating that for, for, for six, seven, eight, and now nine. And it's like, that's all fucking well and good. But at the same time, 
this is this is like my sixth time out with this fucking franchise uh, uh, doing the same exact thing. I am fucking franchise fatigued at this point. There are some standout moments in it though. Um, so there's there's this scene where Mia uh, and Letty go to Tokyo and they're looking for something for someone and they 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 get kind of like entangled with with this uh, with this group of people who are attacking them uh, from the bad guys and there's a fantastic fight with just all females all girls fighting and it's one of the best action scenes in the film and I I really would like to think Michelle Rodriguez had something to do with that because it's fucking a f- it's the best solo fight scene in the movie um you know it's it's just the best action sequence not involving cars in the entire movie and it's really well shot justin lynn fucking kills it with the camera work at this it's awesome it's also where where we get han returning and stuff like that it's also where we get kind of like the explanation for han coming back i don't want to spoil it for anybody but don't worry there's no explanation in the movie anyway he kind of just says like mr nobody it's got some crazy got some crazy toys like that's it like don't don't question it mr nobody kept them alive and that's how how who cares what do you care han's back it's great and that's something justin lynn did because he was he didn't like that they added deckard shaw play you know who was uh jason statham in in the last movie in and kind of brought him into the into the fast family because it's kind of like motherfucker killed Han like you guys are just gonna fucking break bread with him didn't stand right with Justin Lin so he wanted to correct that by resurrecting Han meaning that Deckard Shaw never killed him therefore it's okay to accept him into the fast family in the fast universe but you don't have to worry about that because if you followed all the behind the scenes bullshit Deckard Shaw is off doing his own Hobbs and Shaw movies with The Rock because The Rock wasn't allowed to come back for these movies because Vin diesel who's a producer on these movies was tired of being overshadowed by dwayne the rock johnson and it's clear oh, yeah. in all of vin diesel's fight scenes that he wanted to be the big tough bruiser that the rock was there's a moment where he's in like this giant like missile silo type thing and there are literally 20 armored soldiers with fucking guns attacking him and they're all physically trying to wrestle him down but dom is just so strong that he literally like pushes them all back and i'm not kidding you 20 soldiers and he pushes them all back and then like he he essentially rips the walls down and it's like vin diesel you ain't that big bro if for some reason he never the, really was right when the rock does it i believe it you know what i mean i believe it when the rock does it because these movies made me believe it they made him larger than life they made him that fucking big dick energy that could fucking do that shit <laughs> i bought it but like like i buy the rocks like fucking what, what, what did he do he stomped on the ice and cracked the ice and shit like that in the fucking arctic in the eighth one like i buy it man but like here watching dom do it i don't buy it and part of me is is not buying it because i'm i'm going like this is something that vin diesel wanted because he's a producer on the movie and it's fucking added in there that he gets this badass fight scene and it's just not what i saw not what i see from dom it's it's just it's such a departure from who the character was when the when the series started to who he is now and it's just not believable that he is the this cock diesel dude um and and like knowing what i know about the back behind the scenes stuff kind of affected me a little bit while watching this and i I would like to say that 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 it wouldn't but 
knowing that your producer is kind of a fucking dick and can't handle, you know, a little bit of competition or can't handle feeling like second banana or anything like that in the film to someone who unfortunately is the highest paid actor in Hollywood. He's, he's, he's the highest paid action star. He's the most sought after fucking actor in Hollywood. If you can't handle standing next to somebody like that, I don't know how you ever like, maybe that's why you're a producer. Cause you can just produce your own fucking movies. You never have to audition. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Some of my other, some of my other issues with the movie is, uh, yeah, you know, I already mentioned the explanation for how Han returns, man. It's just it's just fucking throwaway. And that's that's fine. That's kind of what I expect for this movie, man. I don't expect this movie to get to, to get deep into to get deep into it, but at least a cursory explanation that's better than what we got would have sufficed. Um I, you know, I already mentioned that that it's got similar plot points to other fast movies. It's just the same formula washed, rinsed and repeated. Uh and I'm franchise fatigued, but I think like the main thing is kind of like this shoehorned in exiled little brother storyline they're doing with John Cena. Like it felt more believable when WWF did it with Kane and the Undertaker. That's gotta be Kane. That's gotta be Kane. Or any number of of soap operas did it where they're like it's your long lost brother mickey he's come <laughs> and uh, you know chickens come to roost <laughs> like it, it's just like they, they they go through these these flashbacks of, of telling this story and it's like this story's been told before in other fast in like installments but now they're adding the little brother to it, and it's just kind of like, why wasn't he ever mentioned before? Like, we, we've we spent X number of movies with Dom and Mia, and neither one of them ever mentioned having another brother there the day their father died at the track. Like, of it's course. retelling events, but it's adding this little brother element to it, and it's just like, I'm not buying it. I've now spent eight and I other guess because, movies I guess because you. it's been so many years and so many... I don't know. They just feel like they can get away with shit like this. I think because so they too. can because they can. I think so too. They but, got a fucking space, don't they? I mean, but, not spoiling anything. Um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's in the trailers. I mean, everything's in the trailers. That's another big knock on this movie is the fact that like everything I saw in the trailers is the most exciting shit that's here. It's not a joke when I said if you put all the trailers and TV spots for Fast and Furious Nine together. You've seen the movie. You've seen the most exciting bits of the movie. You know where this plot is going. You know how it ends, for Christ's sakes, because of those trailers. Yeah. But my biggest knock on the movie is Tyrese Gibson and the humor that they that they that they bring with Tyrese Gibson. I think the humor for these films is some of the worst written dialogue humor that I've ever had. And in, I told in you in pre-roll they have a new writer in this movie than the previous movies it in previous installments don't get me wrong it's been annoying at times but never wholly to the point where i put my palm in my face at everything that tyrese gibson says to the point where like they they're talking about like how and it's so self-aware because one of the big jokes in the movie is is roman Tyrese Gibson's character keeps saying like we're immortal dude look at all the shit we've survived like and and they keep playing up on this joke like like something's falling and should crush him but he walks away from it like someone shoots him like point blank but somehow the bullet missed and they're, and he's just like I told you we're immortal and it's just like you're so self-aware of yourself now 
this franchise just understands what it is. Yeah, and, too and like much. Where, where's where's the reality check where you are not that where that's, he can uh, where he that's can what stop I was waiting it. for. I was waiting for and him to probably never get it, and it's almost like their ass backwards way of trying to like develop this. I'm giving to this be movie, like a new. I'm giving the exactly fran- what they said a superhero thing. I'm giving the fast franchise too genre. much credit by saying this, where it's like they should have given Tyrese Gibson his fucking Iron Man moment. He should have had to sacrifice himself for them to succeed. After that, after that joke throughout after the entire that, movie, it would have at least made those stupid jokes have a payoff. I like it, but he always bitches and complains because this is his only moneymaker. This is his only moneymaker. It's Vin Diesel's only fucking moneymaker, too, which is why he kicked the, the rock, rock out of the franchise. Statham. Yeah, he gutted the rock and Statham for going and branching out. I mean, he was really, uh, really, really public about it. Um, yeah, but when you land the rock in your franchise, and then your your franchise producer doesn't want him in the franchise anymore, what is Universal left to do? They want to continue printing money with the Rock, but they also yeah. want to continue printing the money rock with fast movies. Fran- <laughs> so they doubled down. And they went, you know what? Now we got a fast universe. Now we're just like everybody else. We got our own universe going and they, on, and they do, and it works, and and, and and it still works, and it works. Look, I'm not saying that this is my last fast movie. I'm not saying I'm done. I'm just saying I'm recognizing it now that I'm fatigued with it, and my expectations and my the, my, my barrier for entry they've just gone way down i'm i'm not gonna be interested when i see the next trailer and i've previously it's not that i defend the series i've always understood what the series was but i've always had a good time with it this is kind of like the first time since fast five that i'm sitting down and i feel like the joke was on me this time instead of me laughing at it it now turned itself on me and it's just like you paid for this shit bro you are here we got your money and i was like yeah i wish i i wish i didn't give it to you though I really wish I didn't. I wish I, mean, I waited to for this, this to be to be home uh, I've, on video. I've, I've I've been hating on these movies pretty much since the first movie. So <laughs> I, I I I it's just not, it's just not my cup of tea. I can get some enjoyment. I can yeah, watch some I've of them. Always loved, but cheese, it's a one man. and it's, done. It's been it's, my thing. I've always loved cheese. I always I I, I always love when it, when a movie's cheesy. I always love when a movie is a little bit self aware, but still still tries to take itself seriously. Like it's an interest. It, it's a tough thing to balance. They, they cross the line, right? And previously they've balanced it, but this one is they jumped the shark or they they jumped the space, whichever one you want to say. <laughs> it just it just went a little bit too too far it's it's and i'm starting to now recognize you're overstaying your welcome and i i want a better class of of action movie and that's it man uh so we will see what the box office you know if the box office talks that'll really show we'll see it's only the first weekend that it's out so uh you know we're doing this review me after just seeing it so uh Mm -hmm. we still got till monday before we get the weekend box office roundup but uh my score man for for fast nine for f9 whatever the fuck it is they keep naming these things different things jesus christ just call them all fast and then put a number behind it like we don't care if the next one has a colon and then a fucking subtitle to it i'm just gonna call them out on their fucking bullshit we all know it's we all know it's fx (laughs) it has to be it has to be fx you you gotta do it um but i'm giving it a c uh just because like 
I guess Ooh, it deserves. I was, to I was move. thinking a C minus, but I, I'm the, from I, hearing your review, I was thinking it, it deserves go to move way. on to the next grade, right? Right? Like it's it's fourth grade graduate. Well, let's just say it's ninth grade graduating on the tenth grade. It deserves to graduate, but it doesn't deserve any accolations. It, it it's it's definitely out of everything that's come out since Fast Five. It is the worst see, of those. See, it's, for me, it sounds like, you know, he probably shouldn't graduate, but the next grade is in a different school. So let's just get him out of this school. <laughs> graduate man, him. Three years him from now, three years from now, our, we will be hair. seeing the trailers for FX. And I need you and I need our audience to remind me when I get stoked when I see that first trailer to be like, Dave, you didn't like nine that much. Are you sure you're going to like 10? And I'll probably tell you all to go fuck yourselves. I'm going to see 10. And I got my money already. You will. You <laughs> will. You will. will. It'll be just enough time away from right. this franchise. And because you're going to get re- re-energized. The Fast franchise is like Doritos, right? Like, you know when you've had enough Doritos. But, like, fuck that fucking cheese. That, that, that fucking, you know, that, that, that. That's dry powdered nacho cheese. Arr, it's just, crunch. It's, it's arr, just arr, good arr. enough that you keep reaching for more until you feel like a fucking bloated seal on the fucking beach, half dead, well, <laughs> shitting your brains out. But yeah. you fucking keep reaching for more Doritos. That's what the Fast Series, series See, the, is going to be The Doritos, like the first five or ten chips, it's all about the flavor. It's and then after them. that, it's all just like the texture, the no, crunch. It's all trying to get your fingers just the right amount of coated yeah. after that so that you can lick them. <laughs> Just suck on your fingers. <laughs> so nasty. Ooh, Ugh. so good though. So good. You hate yourself for eating them, but fuck, you just can't stop. <laughs> so know. that's gonna do it for Super Movie Bros this week. Uh, if we had any comments, said anything about a movie, or uh, you just want to throw any suggestions out to us, you can reach out to us on our social medias. You can catch me on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. You can also catch me on my Instagram at SMB Dave on there. Jay, where can everyone find you? Instagram, Super Movie Bros. Also on Twitter, J underscore SMB and Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast. I love how you said Twitter. Twitter? Yeah, man, you brought it you you, you brought tweet. it back. You brought it back to like a Shits Creek type uh accent there. Mm-hmm. The baby. The baby. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren has her uh, uh, Ro- Lauren has her Rose uh, Apothecary shirt, and she also has a shirt for Grayson that says "Baby, the baby, the baby, baby." And of course, we are part of a network. We are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. So you can head over to ageofradio.org. You can check out all the great shows that are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. You can also check out our own page on there. You'll find a media player that has all episodes of Super Movie Bros available on there for you to binge. We're still looking for reviews, people uh, who listen to us on iTunes. If you haven't left us a review, please go on there. Leave us a review. Write us a message. We're happy to read it out on the show. Not just happy. We're elated. I, I, I get fucking touched deep inside and under the balls when people leave us a a positive review for me to read to everybody it makes me feel good and it's really the only reason i keep going oh yeah (laughs) And then, of course, uh, if you want to catch all of our pre-roll stuff that, we're, that me and Jay talk about, you want to head over to patreon.com slash Bros podcast. I want to thank all of you for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers.